Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. The Bible says the testimony of the saints destroy the work of Satan. We build our faith not just by listening to the word, but we build our faith by listening to the testimony. And I learned one thing about life, especially in the church life. The more you talk about something, the more it's happening. If you talk about more salvation, you see more salvation happen. When you talk about miracles, more miracles happen. So we need to keep hearing. You can hear two things. You hear negative, like the ten spies, or you can hear the positive, like Joshua and Caleb. So you need to hear the positive thing to build your faith to enter the promised land. Before we hear the testimony, I'd like to read from the scripture in Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. We're going to hear a testimony from a brother, Mark, who will share about how the anointing worked for his father in another land. Mark, could you please come up here? Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mark. Um, Just a quick background. I was born and raised in Taipei, Taiwan, and I came over here for college in about 2003, and I guess I've been here ever since. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm here to share about my dad, actually. A couple years ago, around 2011, 2010, I got a call from my mom saying, Mark, you you need to come home. Um, Your dad's been diagnosed with colon cancer, and because he's kind of neglected it, it's it's got into stage four, and he may pass away in two to three months. So I immediately got a ticket, flew straight home, and it it was a hard time, because it was just a, it it was, we, we, we actually had first diagnosed it a year and a half earlier, but my dad's a very stubborn man, so he let it continue despite my repeated, come on, Dad, you, you really need to go see the doctor. You really need to do anything. I told him that I wanted to, I'd like to have my dad for the next 20 years, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I had no clue what to do. You know, it's, it's cancer. I've, ne- I've never dealt with cancer. I've never had a family member with cancer. I had no clue what to do. I'm like, how, how much money is this going to take? Do we even need the money? Even if we invested so much money, will my dad still be cured? I had no clue. And, you know, I go to a good church, as to all of you here. <laughs> and, you know, it, it says that I I believe in the laying on of hands. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I know, just like we sang today, nothing is impossible. So after talking with Pastor Lau, Pastor Pastor Lau told me that, you know, anointing can pass even through cloth, even through a handkerchief, just like what Paul did. So I said, okay, I've got nothing to lose. I can't just fly Pastor Lau to Taiwan, you know. (laughs) So I said, okay, Pastor Lau, could you lay hands on this handkerchief? And he did. So I flew home, and my parents are Catholic, so they know enough, but I remember sitting there in the hospital and just explaining to my parents what the Holy Spirit was, what our church is all about, and what we're about to do. And after I answered all of their questions, I just asked my dad, I'm like, hey, are you ready to be healed? And he said, yes. <laughs> so. I don't know, it was just, a, I just put the handkerchief on him, and fast forward to, to today, some of you even saw him at, my, at, at our wedding, so <laughs> he is a very healthy man now, he serves the church. <laughs> um. <laughs> you 
just as a precautionary measure, he goes in every month just to check, and no trace of cancer, none at all. From almost dying, from two months to live, to I think he'll live to a very, very old age. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Thank, Thank you. you, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Very encouraging. Wow. Miracle can happen. Amen. I believe that in the end time, God is going to speed up the miracles and signs and wonders because the devil also works so hard as well. If you go to certain community, I heard that in San Diego, certain non-believing community, every home gets sick. Every home has cancer. In Thailand too, when you go to Thailand, you can see a lot of sick people because the devil is working overtime now to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But we are serving the great God who can perform miracle. Amen? So he can heal and he will speed up his miracle in the end time like this. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let's hear the word of God together this morning. Today's sermon and the next time will be the last two messages regarding great grace. And we're going to learn some practical points. We have learned about what is the grace of God. We learn about the favor of God, how to increase the favor of God. I will review a little bit just to renew your memory. And also there are so many new people who sit here who never listened to the even first to the 18 messages that I preached. This is going to be 19 message in the English one. In Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 33, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. This passage of the scripture make a summary conclusion of the condition of the early church. Something good, not a little one, big one, was on every single believer, whether the one-year-old believer, 10-years-old believer, or one-day-old believer. Great grace, something good, was upon them. If we have great grace, it means we have little grace as well. There are different levels of grace. And we can see the evidences of the power and the grace of God in the life of the believer in that generation. For example, in Acts chapter 3, verses 7 to 9, talking about the apostle, a lame man who never even stood on his feet from the time he was born from the mother's womb. This lame man was lying at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, never walked even one time in his life. And look at how the grace of God worked through the minister, the apostle. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Wow, I want to see that more in our ministry and all over the world. All the churches in the world will experience this kind of miracle. The grace of God move in the life of people, through the life of people, to see signs and wonder and healing that happen in the early church like that. There are different levels of grace. The grace can be so thin, so little, that you barely perceive it. Or the grace of God can be so thick that you know that something is doing in your life and through your life. That's why the Bible compares the grace to the favor, to the dew, or to the rain. The Bible talking about Mary, who was called highly favored woman. She has very high grace, big grace in her life, highly favored woman. The Bible says that God is a God of all grace and He doesn't want to withdraw or withhold any grace from people. He is a generous, good God. He wants to give more grace to people. 
But we have to position ourselves to be a candidate to receive more grace from God. In James chapter 4, verse 6, But he gives more grace, therefore he say, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God wants to give more grace. Everyone say, more grace. More grace. We can start from little grace to more grace, more, more, and eventually we have great grace in our life. The Bible says that the grace of God is divine help. Many times God helps us, but we don't even know that God is helping us. Many times God is trying to do something for us, and we see the result, but we think that, oh, it's my own ability. I can do that because I'm so smart, I'm so great. But actually, what happened, the success that you have, comes by the grace of God. The Bible says that the grace of God is also our strength. is the divine strength in our own life. The grace of God also gives us supernatural opportunity, supernatural abilities to be able to serve the Lord in an excellent way. We can please God by depending on the grace of God. We as a human, we cannot please God by our own strength. We need the grace of God to be able to serve Him with the excellent result. With more grace, we can accomplish more. With more grace, we can see more excellent result in our life. And I want God to give the grace to our church more and more, and we're going to see the speedy result in your ministry. Maybe you are in the healing room. We see more healing in the healing room. Amen. If you are doing anything for God, you're going to see more speedy result, great, excellent result in the ministry that God called you to do. Amen. I believe that all of you are desiring to have more grace in your life. How many people desire for more grace? Amen. We desire for more grace in our life. We need to position ourselves to receive more grace. And with more grace, the things that we used to struggle with, we could not do. We just easily get it done with more grace. With more grace, with enough grace, the things that we used to fail, we cannot do it. We can do it because we have more grace. With more grace, we can overcome any temptation, any weak character that we used to fail. For example, you may have the habit of lying. But with more grace, you just wipe it out and overcome the lying habit and you stop being a liar. You can overcome all the sinful habits and bondages and also temptation because you have more grace. With more grace, you can become a man, a woman, a husband, a wife, a pastor, a minister, a parent, or an employer, employee, or kids that are so excellent and are pleasing to the Lord. I don't know about you. I want more grace. I want to be a man that God is so pleased with me. I want to be the best husband for my wife. I want to be the best pastor in his eyes. I need the grace of God to be that kind of man. With enough grace, we can reach the full potential in our life. That's why we need the grace of God. We have studied many examples of people in the Bible who receive high favor and great grace from the Lord. And I'm going to make a conclusion today. They all have similar characteristics that make them a candidate to receive more grace from God. We talk about Noah. Noah received the grace and the favor from God. The Bible said that he was a righteous man in his generation. In other words, Noah was living to please God all the days of his life. He feared God. He wanted to make God happy. That's why he was a righteous man. And by the grace of God, he and his whole family were not wiped out by the flood. The whole family was saved. I want to encourage all the husbands in this room. It's so important that you become a righteous man. Stand on the principle of God. Don't compromise. If you are like Noah, God will not only save you, but He will save your wife, 
Your kids, everyone in your house going to be blessed because you are a man of God who fear God and will not compromise with the things of the world. Amen. I really appreciate my wife. Sometimes when I start to backslide or have a goofy idea, my wife will correct me and say, "Hey, hey, honey, no, 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 no. You need to repent." In the same way, when my wife start to think something that unbiblical, I would say to her, "Honey, I cannot please you. This is wrong. You need to repent." Husband and wife, you should help each other, not go along with each other to go downhill. When your wife or your husband start to go goofy, you need to say, "Stop right now! Repent! This is a wrong idea. This is not biblical." Amen. Why some wife is laughing right now? <laughs> you're thinking about you're gonna go home and tell your husband today. Noah received the favor from God. Joseph, Joseph was a man who feared God and he pleased God. He did not want to get involved in adultery. Joseph received the grace of God. Everywhere he went, whether it was a slave in a house, or a prisoner in jail, or even go to the palace of Pharaoh, everywhere he went, he was promoted, and he received the grace to be in charge of every place he went. Why? Because Joseph has many characteristics in his life that make him receive more grace from God. Number one, he feared God; he did not want to commit adultery. He did not want to yield to sin. He pleased God. Number two, he was the man of faithfulness and loyalty. Do you know that faithfulness and loyalty are the character of God? Amen. God is so faithful to us and loyal to us to the point He died for us. He was willing to die for us. Joseph, when he served Potiphar, he was so loyal to Potiphar, very faithful. Potiphar can trust him. He's a trustworthy man. He will never cheat. He never gossip about his boss. He never say anything wrong about Potiphar, even though he was abused. But he's still very loyal, trustworthy. When he went into jail, he was trustworthy to the point that the jailer trusted him because he was so faithful and loyal. You can see that Joseph received the grace of God because he has godly characteristic in his life. Eventually, he became the prime minister of Egypt. Daniel was another man who looked to God, had faith, and very faithful to the Lord. He feared God. He did not compromise the principle of God. He prayed all the time, three times a day, and God gave him grace that he was not eaten by lions in the lion den. The grace of God, the favor of God, is the shield of protection. When you have the grace of God or the presence of God upon you, the grace or the favor of God is the presence of God. When His presence is around you, you get protection. Amen. So the grace of God was upon Daniel. The grace of God was upon King David. King David was also have the similar characteristic like Joseph was persecuted by Saul, but you never heard even one word from his mouth that he criticized Saul. He said, "I will not touch the anointed." He was loyal, trustworthy, and faithful to the king of Israel, King Saul. Even though King Saul was not a good king, and David received so much loving kindness and so much grace from God. Every battle he went out to fight, he won the battle. He was chosen to be the next king, even when he was a young boy, because the grace of God was upon him. Not that because he only good looking, but because his heart is right. Everyone, point to your heart. I need to have the right heart, perfect heart. King David not only faithful, loyal, and humble, and depend on God. He never boasts about his own ability. He always give glory to God. King David, or the boy David, or young man David, also the man who loved God in all his might. He was willing to do everything to prepare the stuff, the resources to build the temple of God. People who love God with all their heart will also love the church, because the church is the body of Christ. No one sees Jesus, but we see the body of Jesus. The practical way to show love to Jesus is to show love to the church, to serve the church, to build the church. I never seen Jesus in my own life either, even in a dream. But I love him, and I demonstrate my love to Jesus by serving the church, 
day in, day out, night and day, years after year, month after month, we serve this church. When we serve churches all over the world, because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. I want more grace. I want God to call me and you as a man and a woman after God's own heart. And God gave him so much grace. Another person in the Bible that received more grace from God is Ruth. Ruth, the same characteristic again. She was so humble. She was on the ground picking up the grain. She was so loyal and faithful. Other daughter-in-law of Naomi left and said bye-bye. I'm going to have my own time now. But Ruth said, I'm going to be loyal to you, faithful to you. I will not leave you. Your God is my God. She was a loyal, faithful, humble, and trustworthy. And she also trusts the God of Israel. Eventually, Ruth, by the grace of God, became the ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Esther was another one. She was a humble woman, loyal to her nation. And by the grace of God, she went from the place of total obscurity to be the place of the queen and also save the whole nation. Another man in the Bible that received the grace of God, his name is John the Apostle. John the Apostle has the same characteristic as King David. He loved his master so much. He was so humble. Everyone say humble. He humbled a man like him, put his head on the chest of the master. I believe some of you will say, I'm not going to put my head on the chest of my pastor. It looks kind of weird that I put my head on the chest of the pastor because I'm a man. I need to be prideful like this. But he's so humble, he put his head on the chest of his master. And not only that, John, at the time that Jesus was arrested, everyone else ran away. But John was there. He loved the master more than his own life. He loved Jesus more than his own comfort. At the foot of the cross, Jesus said, This is my, your mother. And he said to Mary, This is your son. Who is the disciple whom Jesus loved more than other people? More grace, more favor from Jesus. John, the apostle. Not only that, by the grace and the favor of God, because this man was so loyal, so faithful, and have faith and put himself in the mighty hand of God. He was so humble. The same characteristic, humility, faith, love God with all your heart, loyalty, faithfulness, trustworthy. All of them had the same characteristic. He was not martyred or killed by the enemy, but he was exiled to the island called Patmos, and he saw the vision at the end. He saw Jesus and wrote the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Wow, what a grace of God. I want the grace of God like that in my life. I want to be humble like them. I want you to be humble like all these people and trust God, faithful, loyal, and put your life under the mighty hand of God. And one of the person in the Bible who received unlimited grace and favor from God is this man named Jesus himself. Jesus has all these characteristics. He was humble. He was a man of faith. He's a son of God, yes, but he was born as a man. He was faithful and loyal. He was loyal to the Father to death. He was very humble and loved the Father to death. He loved his people, you and me, to the point of death. He laid down his life for us. He humbled himself to die on the cross in a very reproachful way, very bad way. That's why Jesus went from the tomb to the right hand of the Father. The grace of God lifted him up, exalted him on high. So these are all the conclusion of the past 18 lesson that you heard from me. Now we're going to go into the practical point in Galatians chapter 2 verse 9. Galatians chapter 2 verse 9. Some of you may say, why do you have to do all this review again and again? I want to let you know. Faith come by hearing and hearing of the word of God. You hear the same message one time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time. Believe me, if you really listen to the Holy Spirit, each time your faith rise, each time go deeper, each time more revelation, more understanding. Therefore, it's nothing wrong 
to hear the same message again and again. Actually, when I travel for mission trip, I preach certain old message that when I started this church, I preached that ABC to some new churches. When I preached that ABC, very basic lesson to the new churches around the world. Wow, the revelation come from heaven and I see deeper in that lesson than 15, 20 years ago. So nothing wrong to hear and understand deeper even the same message in the same subject. Amen? Amen. How many people say, I want to understand deeper? Praise God. Galatians 2, verse 9. I'm going to read from New King James Version, NIV, and Amplified Bible. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, the chukan, of friendship, that we should go to the Gentiles, Paul and his team are going to go to the Gentiles. But they, James, Cephas, and John, to the circumcised, to the Jews. Look at NIV. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, pillars of the church in Jerusalem. They were leaders and apostles in Jerusalem. Gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. Amplified Bible. When they knew, perceived, recognized, understood, and acknowledged the grace, God's unmerited favor, and spiritual blessing that had been bestowed upon me, James and Cephas, Peter and John, who were reputed to be pillars of the Jerusalem church, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship with the understanding that we should go to the Gentiles and they go to the circumcised, the Jew. What did James, Peter, and John perceive in Paul's life? Everyone say, perceive. perceive. Everyone say, acknowledge. Everyone say, realize. Everyone say, no. Acknowledge. These three apostles acknowledge the grace of God upon Paul's life. We learned about grace for many, many months already. Now we're going to come to the practical point. Should we acknowledge the grace and the favor of God in our own life? God has all kinds of grace. I can put S to graces, many kinds of graces. And God gives you different kinds of graces to get the job done. It's so important that we ourselves perceive or acknowledge what kind of grace we have in our life. Not just that we can be thankful for it, but we can yield to the grace we have. Not only that we will be thankful and yield, but we will develop, we will grow in it, and we will seek to have more measure of grace in our life. Like I know I have the grace of preaching. I'm not trained in, a medi- uh, in the, not medical school, in the Bible school to be a preacher. But I can preach because of the grace of God is upon me to be a preacher. So I keep developing. I keep asking for more grace, more ability to preach better that way than before. I remember when I started the church, I just spoke very broken English. A lot of nurses and doctors at Harborview Hospital, I was a resident at that time, they laughed at me. They teased my accent all the time. So when I started the church, I preached in Thai, somebody translated into English for me for many months. Then I pray, God, give me grace that I can preach in English. You need to understand that I grew up in Catholic school in Thailand, and my major is French, not English. My English was very weak. I know Komang Talevu, Merci Boku, when I was a young boy. I did not know much English because my main major is French. So to be able to preach in English, I need the grace of God. So when I find out that I have the grace to be a preacher, I need the grace to preach in English to be able to do that. And I still make some mistake because English is not my mother tongue language. And thank God that I have accent so you can stay awake all the time. 
Hallelujah. I will not put you to sleep. Amen. We need to recognize. We need to perceive the grace of God in our own life, and also perceive the grace of God in other people's life. We should not be the kind of people who look at our, our brother and sister and judge them. What's wrong with them? What's bad in them? No, no. We need to look at them. Wow! You have that grace in you. Praise God. Use it. I encourage you. I want you to be a blessing to me. Use your grace for me. Amen. We perceive the grace of God in other people's life to encourage them to rise up to be used by God, and we perceive the grace of God in our own life so that we can rise up, yield to the grace, exercise the grace, and depend on the grace and grow in the grace. I'm gonna read many scripture to show you that Paul, even though he was one of the best apostle in his generation. He planted more churches than anybody else in his generation. He preached the gospel in the whole known Gentile world in his generation. But if you read the scripture carefully, you can see that Paul perceived the grace of God in his life. He repeatedly mentioned about the grace of God in his own ministry and his own life, letter after letter. Words after words, he talked about the grace of God. I'm going to read to you in this preaching, these two messages. In Romans chapter 15, verses 15 to 16. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. I will explain to you in a few minutes. That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Paul tried to say, I can identify with him 100% actually. Very 100%. Because Paul said, you know, Later on, we're going to read the scripture. Paul said that when I am in the midst of you, I'm so quiet and gentle. But when I'm away, I dare to write very strong letter to you, correct you, and show you the truth. Sometimes people don't like to hear the truth because they don't want to repent. And when they hear the pastor preach the truth, they get mad and retaliate. And that's happened to people when they don't want to repent. When you preach something on the pulpit and people don't want to repent, they will retaliate you because not everybody wants to repent. So it's interesting. Paul said that by the grace of God, I dare to write to you boldly, very strong word to show you that you need to do this, you need to repent of this. By nature, Paul might be very quiet, not outspoken, not confrontative. He might be just talking gently. He's a nice man, gentleman. But when the grace of God was upon him, he said, I can boldly write to you right now. (laughs) This is really, uh, I can identify with Paul because sometimes in my own church, wow, I have a hard time speaking directly to people because I am a very timid man, very shy man, very quiet man. And you notice that when you come close to me, I'm very quiet. But I tell you, when I go on a mission trip or when I preach the message on the Skype to be people in European, I was so strong. Bang, bam, bam. The grace of God was upon me to be able to preach so strong to these people. The grace of God, not only that, give him the bonus to preach to the Gentiles. I feel the same way. I'm a Thai man by nature. But God give me grace to be able to preach in America and build a church in America, in Switzerland, in London. That is the grace of God. The grace of God, when it it comes upon you, you can do more than what you are able to do by your own natural ability. Paul said that by the grace of God, he has the right to say certain things to the people in Rome. Paul said that by the grace of God, he has the ability to say things from heaven, to speak to them the truth of God. Paul said, I depend on the grace of God. And he reminded them that he could do all these things, not because he's a great guy, 
not because he was able and capable or he was so talented. He was able to write the epistle, letter, minister to the Gentiles because the grace of God was upon him. He perceived, acknowledged, and know that God's grace is important to him. Amen? We need to live that way. We need to acknowledge the grace of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace, everyone say, through the grace, given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God said that I can write to you to warn you that, hey, don't be too prideful, think soberly. He can write that because of the grace of God upon his life. He caught the grace of God on a regular basis in his writing. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 2 to 8. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Everyone make your hand like this. Dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me. More, more grace. God dispense, God give out. We receive the grace of God. Amen. But Paul did not say, given to me for myself. For who? For you. You receive the grace of God for somebody else. You receive the grace of God, the anointed to make money. Wow, your business is so booming. You get a good job by the grace of God so that you can have more money to bless other people. You receive the grace of God in healing so that you can heal other people. You can receive the grace of God to know all the technology, know how to do the computer, the video, or editing, all these things to bless other people for you, not for yourself. You have the grace of God to sing on the stage here to be worship leader for what? For who? For others. Paul said, I receive the grace of God for you. Everyone's point finger to somebody else. You. You. Amen. We receive the grace of God to bless other people. How that? By the revelation he made known to me, the ministry, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul said that I received this supernatural knowledge, understanding and revelation regarding the Lord Jesus Christ by the grace. He is not a smart guy. I can identify with Paul. I did not go to Bible school. I did not have any diploma from Bible school. But when I read the Bible and I write the lesson, the grace of God show me what the Bible say. It's the grace of God, the revelation from heaven to a man like me who did not have Bible training to prove to people that the grace of God is so real. Amen. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostle and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. So Paul said that through all this grace, by the grace, I receive understanding about who Jesus is so I can share the gospel, share Christ with the Gentiles. Amen. You need the grace to share Christ with Romanian, with Iranian, with Japanese people, with Mexican people. They don't know Jesus. For me, I need the grace of God to share the gospel to Thai Buddhist people. They don't know Jesus. I need the grace to be able to talk to them and reveal Christ to them. I cannot do by my own intellectual ability. I need the grace of God to show that mystery of Christ to the Gentiles, which of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace. Again and again, Paul say, again and again, it's all about grace. It's not about him. It's not about his own ability. Given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am 
less than the least of all the saints. Is he very humble? Actually, he was one of the best apostles in his generation, but he called himself less than the least of all the saints. This grace, again, grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh, Paul, amazing man. He said that he could minister to the Gentiles. He could understand who Jesus was. He was able to plant churches, train disciples, not because he's a great man. Actually, he's the worst kind of sinner because he persecuted the church. He killed Christians before he became a Christian. He was one of the worst unbelievers, okay? But by the grace of God, he can become a minister. All of you are a minister. When I say minister, it doesn't mean you are a preacher. Minister means a servant of God. Everyone point to yourself, I am a minister. Point to the person next to you, you are the minister as well. You're the minister. Amen. How can we become a minister of Christ? By the grace of God. You receive supernatural ability. You receive supernatural favor. You receive supernatural divine help, ability, opportunity, and strength. And you can say like Paul, I'm called, I'm sent, I'm empowered, I'm graced, I am favored, I am energized by God to be the minister of the gospel. We all can serve God by the grace of God. Do you notice that many of you may misunderstand Paul that he was bragging about himself? No, 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 no. no. He did not brag about himself. He did not boast about himself at all. He was giving the credit to the grace Giving the credit to the grace is equal to giving glory to the one who gives the grace. Everyone say, giving credit to the grace. Why you have to give credit to the one who gives you the grace? Because you cannot give grace to yourself. You cannot give power to yourself. You cannot give favor to yourself. You cannot empower yourself. You need the power of God. You need the grace of God, the favor of God. So who should get the credit? Who could, should get the glory? God. That's why the writing of Paul is all the time, by the grace, by the grace. Sometimes the patient asks me, how can you do this? Be a pastor and a neurosurgeon at the same time. Two full-time works. I answer three answers. Number one, I have great members in this church. They're so good. My members help me a lot. Give a hand to yourself. You're great members. I have great help in this church. Amen. Number one, I have all, about 80-90% of the church members help me serve in this church. No one sit around doing nothing. Two, I have the greatest wife. Amen. She helped me a lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, by the way, in many sermons in Thai and in English, less than, than in English, but more in Thai, let me share with you my heart a little bit, okay? Many years ago, I was in the revival service. And the minister came up to give honor to his wife. At that moment, the Holy Spirit convicted me. Son, many preachers in the world, they just talk about themselves. They put the wife under the table. Never see the wife at all. From now on, you need to honor your wife in public. And he said to me, that in this way, the minister, husband and wife around the world, especially Thai people. Thai culture tend to put the wife behind. I'm the great preacher. The wife never been on the stage, never been mentioned about. He said, from now on, when you preach in Thai, you mention about your wife a lot because there's so many divorces and so many corruption of family in the church in Thailand. Since then, I obey the Lord. I did not do it because my wife is greater than you. No, I have heavily purpose to reach to Thai people, to see the value of their spouse. So you need to understand my point here, okay? I have nothing about trying to raise my own wife more than other people. I do it because I obey the Lord. He commanded me. 
Amen. Hallelujah. So, because we receive the grace from God, we should give credit to Him. The third answer to my patient, I say, by the grace of God. And my wife is the grace of God to me. You all are the grace of God to me. God sent so many good people in this church to help me in many ministry, all kinds of ministry, the Indonesian ministry, Yogi and Anne. Pastor Victor and Lorena in the Spanish ministry. God sent great sound team, recording team, video team. We are not perfect yet, but we are perfecting it. Amen. Amen. We have wonderful Mandarin speaking team here. We have very good campus team, worship team, Sunday school children team, youth team. All of these things are the grace of God. I want to tell you right now, you are the demonstration of the grace of God in my life, all of you who are the members of this church. Every time I pass by you, look at you and shake your hand. Thank God. I perceive this grace. I perceive you are the demonstration of the grace of God to me. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are the demonstration of the grace of God. I perceive it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think I should stop here and continue next time. Amen. So we're going to talk more about how to perceive the grace of God, how to apply the grace of God in our life by looking at the life of Paul in many, many scriptures. Today, in conclusion, we all have certain measure of grace. Let us grow in grace. Let us desire for more grace. Let us make a decision every day to be humble, trustworthy, faithful, loyal. To look to God, put yourself under the mighty hand of God. Please God with all your life like Noah and Jesus. And you are also loyal to what God called you to be at. Loyal to your boss at work. Loyal to your wife, your husband. Faithful and desire for more grace from God. After you receive the grace, you need to really examine yourself what kind of grace you have in your life. Should we do that for a couple minutes? Why don't you bow your head, close your eyes, and examine yourself what kind of grace you receive from God. Perceive the grace of God in your life right now. Some of you, you have the grace to be worship leader. Some of you have the grace to be able to teach the Bible. Some of you, the grace of God is upon you that you have the gift of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. Some of you, the grace of God work in you to heal you from incurable disease and now you can serve the Lord. The grace of God is upon somebody who can do the sign language to bless another person. The grace of God is upon you that you can minister to the kids in the church. Some of you have the grace of administration. You can organize the party. You can be very administrative, very organized. Some of you have the grace of giving. You're such a giver. You just love to give and give and give. Think about the grace in your life right now. Perceive it. Perceive all kinds of grace in your life. And why don't you thank God for the grace? Everyone pray to God. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, for the grace. Thank you, for Lord, for the grace. And make decision to yield to the grace. I'm going to yield to the grace. You're going to use me. The grace of God will work in me. It will never go in vain. It will become effective. The grace of God will be demonstrated through me and in me. Amen? Everyone say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the grace of God in my life, upon my life. Thank you, Lord, for your divine help divine strength 
divine ability, divine opportunity, and protection. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I promise you, Lord. I will be humble all the days of my life. I will be loyal, trustworthy, faithful. I will trust you. Put myself under your mighty hands. I will please you all the days of my life. I will die to my flesh, but I will live a life and make you happy. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's stand up and let's sing a song together. You can pick the song. To thank God for His grace, yes, Pastor. Hallelujah. You know what song to sing. Let's sing and give grace, give thanks to the Lord together. Hmm. Give thanks. Give thanks. With a graceful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a graceful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One, and give thanks. Thank you, Lord, because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now, let the weak say, I am strong. The poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. And now, and now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am. Because of what the Lord has done for us, we give thanks. Give thanks. Father, the good God. May you take care of your people in this house, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, family-wise, Lord. Bless them with the blessing of Abraham, that they can be the blessing to the nations and to their neighbors and co-workers, people around them, Lord. That when Those people see them and come into contact with your people in this church. They will see the grace of God, the goodness of God in their life, Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. This morning, I would like to ask Pastor Da to pray specifically for women in the church. The wife, you say, I need more grace to be kind and to be gracious to my spouse, to my husband, to be understanding, to be a good support to my husband or your future husband. Maybe you're single. I like Pastor Da to pray for you. Amen. Today we're gonna focus on the ladies. Pray for the ladies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless you. If you are those ladies. 
You don't want to be prayed for. That's okay. You can go. But if you want to be prayed for, Pastor Da will pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Lord, touch the ladies today. Make them gracious women, like the Book of Proverbs, chapter 31, Lord. Gracious woman. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're single, you can come too, because God may give you a husband one day. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We need some of the archer to help Pastor Dad there.
mighty name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Jesus mighty name. Fill her with your grace. Fill her with the grace of God. She'll be like Ruth. Fill with the grace of God. That she was touched. Fill with the grace of God. Many nations, Lord. Hallelujah. With the grace of God. Hallelujah. Take her to another level. Become a gracious Father, woman. Jesus, mighty name, Father. Full of grace. Virtual woman. Virtuous woman. Yes, virtuous woman. Father, I pray. Jesus, yes, mighty Lord. name. The impartation Thank you, of Jesus. the Holy Spirit will go Thank to you, her. Jesus. Hallelujah. Heavenly wisdom and heavenly grace, Lord, shall come upon her life. She will touch so many people, Lord, gracious and woman. turn many people yes, around Lord. to believe in you, O oh God. Hallelujah, gracious Lord. woman. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Father, Touch her, Lord. Give her more grace. Give her more Impartation anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name, the Spirit of God. Father, that she will, even though Impartation. she doesn't say a word, her family will come to Christ, Lord. Because you said, dear God, yes, the woman do not need to say a word, but she will be able to persuade. The family to come to you, Lord. Yes, Hallelujah. Lord. <laughs> By your grace, fill her, Lord. Fill her with your mercy and grace, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank Father, you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Lord. Give special grace to her. Special yes, miracle and blessing, Father, that we will pour to her life. Yes, pour Lord. Pour upon them, Lord, the grace, the special favor. Special great grace into her life. Pour. Lord. Hallelujah. Pour upon Heavenly them. Heavenly wisdom, Lord. That she will know Pour upon what to them. do and what to say. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Bless her indeed. In Jesus' name. Pour Heavenly Father, strengthen her physically, Pour mentally, spiritually, Lord. Strengthen her, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, impart to her, Lord, more to be a virtuous woman for you and for your kingdom, O oh Lord. For her husband, for her children, O oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
Thursday.